The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the guest speakers and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the American College of Toxicology. Hello, my name is Eva Budzinski, and I am delighted to host part two of the podcast series discussing mechanisms and hypothesis of the severe manifestations of the COVID-19 disease with Dr. Daryl Ricky. In part one, we focused on antibody-dependent enhancement of the disease, ADE, and today, in part two, we will be discussing the multi-system inflammatory syndrome in children. I also wanted to clarify that the discussion is based on data available as of fall 2022. Welcome to the podcast, Dr. Daryl Ricky. As mentioned in part one, today we will discuss a new type of ADE. We will propose that multi-system inflammatory syndrome in children and adults, referred to as MIS-C and MIS-A, is a consequence of granulocytes or mast cells hyperactivated by viruses bound to antibodies. It is my understanding that MIS-C and MIS-A are similar in presentation to Kawasaki disease. How about we start by describing what Kawasaki disease is? Thank you, Dr. Badinsky, and it's great to be back again. And so Kawasaki disease is a syndrome of unknown cause that mainly affects children under age of five. It is a form of vasculitis where the blood vessels become inflamed throughout the body. Kawasaki disease symptoms may include swollen lymph nodes um, in the neck, rashes, a strawberry tongue is very characteristic, and red eyes. Some children also go on to develop coronary artery aneurysms. Um, Kawasaki disease was first described in 1967 by a Japanese pediatrician, uh, Dr. Tomisku Kawasaki. Kawasaki disease frequently occurs with a several week delay after a pathogen outbreaks with a proportionally considerably um, fewer uh, number of affected children, roughly in a range of almost 5,000 to one. So there'll be essentially one um, Kawasaki disease patient for 5,000 patients associated with some other pathogen. And these pathogens have been associated with both uh, viral and uh, bacterial pathogens. And so multiple articles have been published saying this is the likely pathogen that caused pa Kawasaki disease. And the next uh, outbreak is a, a different pathogen. So I uh, hypothesize that Kawasaki disease is actually a novel type of antibody-dependent enhancement that is triggered by a hyperactivation of granulocytes or mast cells by FC receptors bound to antibodies binding to the infectious pathogen. The FC receptors have relatively low affinity for IgG antibodies. I propose that Kawasaki disease symptoms are triggered when the antibody titer levels are higher than primary immune response levels and the level of the histamine released from the immune cells temporarily exceeds the tolerance level for the individual. Thank you for that introduction. How is Kawasaki disease different and uh, or similar to MIS-A and MIS-C? Does it only affect children? So the etiology model that I am proposing suggests that Kawasaki disease, MIS-C in children, MIS MIS-A in adults, MIS-N in neonates, and also MIS-V 
uh, associated with vaccines, but not a pathogen, are all instances of a new form of antibody-dependent enhancement associated with hyperactivation of granulocyte sites or mast cells. The current medical consensus is that these are all different diseases. My personal view is that these are all the same disease with MISC, MISA, MISN associated with coronavirus 2 virus, Kawasaki disease with other viral and bacterial pathogens, and MISV with vaccines. Antibodies to the vaccine uh, viral protein can play the same role as the pathogen for hyperactivating the immune cells via FC receptors. Kawasaki disease is normally associated with young children ages 5 to adult uh, and younger. It is also rarely recognized in adults. Kawasaki disease is typically associated with disease outbreaks, which compared to the uh, worldwide uh, SARS-CoV-2 pandemic are, are much smaller. With um, MISC, uh, we're actually seeing uh, children of uh, a little bit older age being affected, and this is uh, causing the medical community to think that uh, these are actually distinct and different diseases. In my mind, the, the main distinction here is the actual viral pathogen. Uh, uh, those symptoms are causing um, some people to think that um, um, symptoms associated with the viral pathogen are, are distinguishing between these diseases. Okay, I see. Um, so, just to summarize, it, your, you, your thinking is that these all have the same kind of underlying mechanism. And so you're grouping them into kind of one category. Category. So you've mentioned the FC receptor a couple of times now. What is the role that's played by the F FC receptor in the mechanism of these diseases? So my current model and hypothesis is these are all actually the same disease. Um, and so the disease works like this. We have uh, typically a pathogen, uh, a viral product, um, uh, vaccine protein can substitute but we're hyperactivating um, these innate immune cells. And for most people, um, the, their, their immune response is, is well tolerated and those no extra symptoms. But in a small subset of people, the, the, um, the, these innate immune responses can actually lead to disease symptoms. And so um, the necessary components are basically activation of FC receptors um, we know that the FC receptors on the mast cells and, and granulocytes have low affinity for IgG antibodies. And so someone who gets uh, infected for the first time with a pathogen is going to have a primary immune response. And so the level of antibodies is insufficient to activate these immune cells. And so a higher level of antibodies are necessary to trigger this, this type of disease, it's Kawasaki and MIS. Um, hyphen X diseases. And so these antibodies are playing the key role of triggering um, the hyperactivation of, of these mast cells and granulocytes. Okay, so let me just make sure that I understand correctly. The hypothesis is that the binding of mast cells or granulocytes to the pathogen or vaccine proteins through the FC gamma receptor and the body and the antibodies to the pathogen or vaccine proteins activates the mast cells or granulocytes and this activation of the immune cells triggers downstream events responsible for symptoms of MIS hyphenate X, correct? Yes, 
multiple immune cells, including mast cells and granulocytes, sites, have surface FC receptors that bind to circulating um, antibodies. And so we have different types of FC receptors and different types of antibodies. But typically, the, the cells we're talking about here um, have a low affinity for the most prime candidate antibody, the IgG1 antibodies. And when these antibodies bind to the target pathogen, the, the immune cells can be activated. And so hyperactivation of these immune cells can trigger these mast cells and granulocytes uh, to release inflammatory molecules. And these molecules include histamine. So binding affinity of FC receptors varies. Um, and so the model I have is you need higher titers um, to actually cause this, this triggering, this hyperactivation of these cells. And so many of the MIS-X disease symptoms overlap with those of histamine intolerance. And so my working hypothesis is that the histamine levels may temporarily exceed the MIS patient's ability to process it. And then for these patients, um, basically, um, because of the pathogen infection, histamine intolerance symptoms are being induced associated with that infection. Let me make sure that I understand correctly. The hypothesis is that the binding of the mast cells or granulocytes to the pathogen are vaccine proteins through the FC gamma receptor and the antibodies to the pathogen are the vaccine proteins, activates the mast cells or granulocytes, and this activation of immune cells triggers downstream events responsible for symptoms of MIS um, hyphenated X. Is that correct? Yes. Multiple immune cells, including mast cells and granulocytes, have surface FC receptors that bind to circulating antibodies. When these antibodies bind to their target pathogen, the immune cells is activated. For mast cells and granulocytes, this involves releasing inflammatory molecules, which include histamine. The binding affinity of the FC receptor varies by antibody type and is lower for IgG antibodies. Hence, higher titers of IgG antibodies are needed for activating uh, the immune cells in this um, hypothesis. Many of the MIS-C disease symptoms overlap those with histamine intolerance. My working hypothesis is that the histamine levels that can build up temporarily on uh, being activated from uh, activation of these, these immune cells in MIS patients is actually exceeding the tolerance level for these individuals, for a small subset of individuals. And for these individuals, histamine intolerance is being induced um, due to the pathogen infection. Thank you for that explanation. Uh, so you also mentioned, mentioned that in this hypothesis, um, some patients need to develop very high levels of antibodies higher than those predicted with the primary response to the disease. How do you propose that this, this happens? Um, and, and so I think because of the low affinity of the, of the FC receptors of the IgG antibodies, the hypothesis is that uh, the primary immune response titer levels for antibodies is too low to trigger this, this hyperactivation. And this is supported by clinical observations. So there are multiple scenarios for patients to actually develop higher levels of antibody responses. For both most MIS-C children and MIS-A adults, persistent gastrointestinal infections are consistent with patients' clinical symptoms and history. 
For these persistent GI infections, I hypothesized that the antibody titer levels are, are climbing higher than a primary immune response level because it's not just a normal infection that's clearing, it's persisting. And so the humoral response is, 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 is responding and the titer levels are climbing. For MISN, this is the neonates, maternally derived antibodies can combine with child immune responses. And so you get this combination of antibodies from uh, um, both the mother and the child raising the, the levels above primary levels. Um, for secondary infections associated with memory B cell and activations, this is another possibility for some MISC and MIS patients, MISA patients. And finally, there's the possibility of cross-reactive antibodies um, triggering this response. To summarize, persistent or secondary infection might be needed to increase the antibody levels above threshold to cause MIS-C um, or MIS-N or MIS-A, or in the case of MIS-V, it could be cross-reacting antibodies that are contributing to, to the disease. What about this patient population that makes them susceptible to this MIS-C or any of these other diseases? So first on the vaccines, it's actually the, um, uh, several vaccines actually um, have, are using gene tech, uh, therapy technologies. So the mRNA vaccines are, are using strong drivers. So no secondary infections are needed for the MISV vaccine associated patients. So the, for Kawasaki disease and MISC, et cetera, these are all rare diseases. And why are these patients affected? This is an open question with no answers. So I propose the following conditions to find the patients at risk. Number one, pathogen infection, unless it's MIS-V. Um, number two, antibody levels higher than primary immune response level. Number three, pathogen-bound antibodies activating immune cells, the granulocytes or mast cells. And four, patients with lower histamine tolerance thresholds. And there are several things that can alter the uh, an individual's histamine tolerance threshold, including foods, microbiome, et cetera. And the fifth one affects a subset of patients. Um, so they've done studies in both Kawasaki disease patients and also MIS-C patients in a small number of patients. And they're finding in a small subset, there is genetic susceptibilities may be playing a role increasing the patient's um, uh, risk uh, level. In a study by Chow et al. in 2021 in the Journal of Allergy and Clinical Immunology, generic, genetic variants were discovered by whole genome, whole exome sequencing in the genes SOCS1, which is suppressor of cytokine signaling 1, XIAP, which is X-linked inhibitor of apoptosis, and CYBB, cytochrome B245 beta submutant, have been identified in three of 18. So these are very small numbers of MIS-C children and associated with susceptibility to um, uh, higher or hyperinflammation in response to a pathogen infection. Okay, um, thank you for that explanation. So activated mast cells release histamine at higher levels due to either environmental factors 
or the patient has uh, lower tolerance to histamine. And the response to histamine leads to the symptoms of, of these diseases that we're discussing. Can you expand a little bit more on how this happens? Thank you. Histamine is normally rapidly metabolized by individuals. Some individuals have slower histamine metabolism than other individuals. Drugs, foods, gastrointestinal microbiome, and the genetic variants can all affect an individual's histamine metabolism. With active infections, hyperactivation of mast cells and granulocytes may cause histamine levels to accumulate higher than the in, in, in individual's tolerance level, causing these histamine intolerance symptoms. So swollen lymph nodes are likely caused by immune response to pathogen infection. The other major symptoms align with symptoms of histamine intolerance, including rashes, red eyes. Elevated histamine levels are also associated with multiple cardiovascular symptoms. An expert histologist suggested that in parallel to stroke victims in the brain, that the elevated histamine levels can actually induce cardiac capillary parasite cell uh, contraction, which impedes the blood flows to cardiac capillaries. This is creating vasoconstrictions. These induced vasoconstrictions can create a pressure-induced coronary artery aneurysm. This is a hypothesis. But basically, the, the model works like uh, blowing up a long, thin balloon, creating a small bubble um, from the as the heart is trying to pump blood into the heart muscle itself, if these uh, capillaries are constrained, the back pressure, uh, is, the hypothesis is actually inducing these aneurysms. So a pressure-induced aneurysm is the initial stage, is the hypothesis I'm advancing. Thank you for that. So now that you've walked us through the mechanisms and uh, the risk factors, can you walk us a little bit through the data that supports this? These proposed models require clinical verification and validation or rejection of elements of the proposed disease etiology. There are three major treatments for Kawasaki disease and MIS-X patients. These are intravenous immunoglobulin, IVIG, high-dose aspirin, and corticosteroids. These treatments have been adopted because they provide benefit to the patients, but they lack rationale. Uh, so the medical professionals actually don't know why these treatments are helping these patients. So I propose that the intravenous immunoglobulin are acting by competing with the pathogen antibodies for binding to the FC receptors. So we're competing off the FC receptors and reducing the activation of these immune cells with these bulk uh, antibodies. Hence, the IVIG is, 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 is down-regulating the activation of these immune cells just by competing on the binding to the FC receptors. This is the most likely mechanism of action for these bulk non-pathogen-specific antibodies. High-dose aspirin, which is not normally given to children, is both a mast cell stabilizer, um, so reducing the uh, release of histamine and granulocytes for inflammatory molecules, and also a COX-2 inhibitor. And so there's models for the a nuclear capsid protein of the virus actually up binding to an upregulating COX-2. So um, for the SARS-CoV-2 infections, down-regulating or inhibiting the COX-2 uh, actually gives um, um, a mechanism of action candidate for aspirin. Aspirin is also a non-steroid anti-inflammatory drug, uh, also called an NSAID. And finally, the corticosteroids suppress the immune responses.
Thank you. Um, so how, what roles do vaccines play in, in the disease? So vaccinations are designed to create um, uh, antibody responses to pathogens. So a recent study is reporting a lower incidence for MISC in vaccinated children compared to unvaccinated children. The incidence rate uh, are also lower with recent uh, SARS-CoV-2 viral strains and infections uh, have shifted from deep lung to upper respiratory. But a reanalysis of the same data, um, including in the children that were excluded by the analysis, uh, reaches a different conclusion. And they, they indicate that if the excluded children were included, that the, the incident rate for MISC might actually be higher um, post-vaccination. And so this is still uh, early days as we try to understand the disease and the pathogenesis, and we're actually Please keep in mind that we're comparing um, frequencies for really low rates of the disease occurrences. Got it. Um, so to summarize, the model for Kawasaki disease and other dis diseases discussed today is that the mast cells get activated through the FC gamma receptor via antibody enhanced mechanism. The activated mast cells then release histamine at higher levels than can be tolerated by the patient or in some cases, patients might have lower tolerance for histamine. This uh, then leads to card cardiovascular or other severe symptoms of the disease. What next steps in understanding the etiology of, of these diseases do you propose? And what treatments uh, should be investigated further? In the first podcast, I mentioned that the SARS-CoV-2 pathogen dysregulates immune responses. Kanko et al. describes loss of BCL-6 expressing T follicular helper cells and germinal centers in COVID-19 patients. A side effect of this is upregulation of autoantibodies. Increased autoantibodies have been reported in MIS-C patients. These autoantibodies may not be causative, but being upregulated as part of the SARS-CoV-2 dysregulation of immune responses. Along these lines, T cells are also dysregulated in MIS-C patients. Dysregulation of T cells and autoantibodies may be effects caused by the SARS-CoV-2 viral infection and may not be directly driving the MIS-C disease etiology. The current treatments of IVIG and high-dose aspirin support the model proposed that these diseases represent a novel form of antibody-dependent disease enhancement etiology. The observation of MIS-V associated with the vaccines with no pathogen present causing the same disease symptoms further supports the proposed disease hypothesis. In MIS-V, excess spike protein acts to activate antibodies bound to FC receptors on immune cells. The overlapping disease symptoms point towards excess histamine levels. Well, thank you very much for the discussion um, today and uh, yeah, during the last episode. It was a pleasure discussing these issues with you. Thank you very much. This podcast was brought to you by the American College of Toxicology, whose mission is to educate, lead, and serve professionals in toxicology and related disciplines by promoting the exchange of information and perspectives on applied toxicology and safety assessment. For more information, please visit www.actox.org.